Kevin. Hey, Louie. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> what was that? Little, little crack and open the can. Oh. Little being classy. Oh, well, you've never done that before in your life. That's I know, rare. it's something new for you. <laughs> you N- new never... year, new Gavin. <gasps> okay, I, this is so random, but you posted about the Burger King. I know. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. That, that Burger King was very special to us. Yeah, I think I feel like that Burger King was the unofficial mascot of the show. If For those who don't know, there was a Burger King in Bushwick, Brooklyn that was... Uh, very themed like hollywood themed yeah but like hollywood as it stopped in like 1994 yes so there was like a lot of like pictures of like arnold schwarzenegger Whoopi goldberg and like (laughs) sylvester stallone and uh there there were great uh little plaques that listed Mm -hmm. every movie a person had been in and what was fun is you got to see um some movies that were just never made Mm -hmm. (laughs) they were listed as being in at the time i just don't know do you think that was like a franchise thing or like was that like a burger king special like i don't know how that came together i truly don't know because i i posted and one of my friends who lives like in another part of brooklyn was like oh i think ours still looks like that and i was like huh i don't think so i don't think so i mean it it looked like an old 90s burger king like the facade but inside it was like there was a fucking car booth. Like there was yeah. like a big people. Like there was always a big group of guys playing like um, like D and D magic and D and D. Yeah, magic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, R.I.P. to that one. You know, girlies. Um, this nothing is the gold mix. can last. Yeah, nothing gold can last. This is the mixed reviews. It's a new year, and we are pouring one out for the Hollywood Burger King in Bushwick. Um, I'm not going to do that because these are hardwood floors. But yes, yeah, no. <laughs> pouring one out. <laughs> But we're so excited. Thank you for joining us. This is our annual year wrap-up. Um, I know, Gavin, you don't give a shit about the Oscars, but that allegedly, like, nominees are coming out, like, this week or something. Yeah, so something or other, I guess. They're yeah. going to they're gonna nominate some people, and they're going to give some awards, and then no one's ever going to talk about those movies ever again. Okay, <laughs> you're, you're mad. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I don't know. People, people don't care about movies. They care about awards. It's... Mm. And it's mm. sick. It's sick. The things that you people are into is sickening. <laughs> sickening, no? No. <laughs> uh, we should explain. We are a film podcast where we take a film subject, such as an actor, director, or mini genre. We take a month. We watch as much as we can. We learn as much as we can. And we give it all back to you. But as Lou was saying, that's not this episode. This episode is a culmination of an entire year's worth of experience in film. In cinema. We have been watching films all year outside of the assignments for right. this show, mind you. Um, so we will definitely miss some movies, but we're just like gonna. We thought we'd like take a little gander through the year, spot some little trend alerts, um, talk about some movies we didn't like, some movies we did like. Um, yeah, and it should be a good time. I, I again, tis the season, um, you know. Our favorite season, awards season, um, <laughs> and 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 yeah, I, I think I like this episode because it kind of like um, puts like a punctuation mark on our year, um, and and also like I, I don't know, fucking maybe take down some of those Oscar baity movies like a peg. It's like relax, that was not as life changing as everyone said it would be, um, and give everyone an opportunity to like maybe I don't know, um, go back and see stuff that you missed that like really deserves attention. There's a lot. I, one of the great things I'll say off the bat is just like the diversity of movies we are getting. Oh, yeah. uh, stunning. 
Stone. Oh, oh yeah, I'm fresh from Ireland, everyone. So excuse the accent. It's really crazy. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You just got back from Ireland. We didn't even talk about that. I we know. do a little pre-show show where we talk to each other, um, which is something we don't like doing. So, <laughs> so, but that's oh, oh my god. Well, yeah. I, well, I guess save it, save it, save it for the Patreon, boys. Yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> so, I'm gonna, I'll do a jig for the Patreon. I, I learned some Celtic dancing. I'm just kidding. Imagine. Um, okay, before we dive into the year, we do have a little bit of old business. Um, first up, uh, we have the poll to go over. Our last episode, we talked about 90s Christmas movies. LOL, someone who responded to the poll and like named all these movies that were not from the 90s. <laughs> you know, reading comprehension is a huge problem in this country. Yeah. I just want to yeah. say. And you know what? Like, he said, it's a wonderful life. Dr. Seuss is how the Grinch stole Christmas. Really confident with those picks and like lovely movies, of course. And you said, baby girl, sweetie girl. Yeah, I was like, those are not 90s films. <laughs> the, where is the reveal? <laughs> not, you missed the assignment. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, the results were my pick, Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, came out last place with 5%. The Santa Claus came in at 7%. Home Alone came in at 36%. And Gavin's pick, Batman Returns, 53%. We had a lot of people. Yes. I'm blown away. I did not expect to win this one. I thought maybe a nice second, possibly a confident third. I'm shocked that Batman Returns. But you know what? It was my five-star review. I love that movie. I will go to the grave loving that movie. Uh, I'm not getting buried. Please. I'll go, to the, I'll go to the urn loving that movie. <laughs> also, I just realized that I wrote the Canta Claus, not the Santa Claus. That's uh, so funny. My sister, well, yeah, my sister clocked it. Yeah, I was going to say lots of people responded to that. Drag me comprehension. Maybe that's why Santa Claus came in in third place. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, ha- we had people talking about the Muppets. Um, Clayton mentioned that National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, even though it came out in 1989 at the end of the year, should count. Nice try, Beach. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of a lot of good um, discourse um, on on that. I think um, this shows people are very passionate about their nostalgic 90s Christmas movies, and and good for them. Oh, and so many people were upset that you did not put Muppets Christmas Carol on there. I know. I, I also have to point that out controversially. But like, if you what listen was, to the show, you know we love, we love, we have but, nothing but good things to say. What would I have taken out? I have to put question. our. I have to put our picks because yeah. it's our it's our fucking show. I so, guess the the Santa Claus maybe the Canta Claus the Canta Claus can't do Claus. Cor- oh, I, yeah, I see Corey's comment. Yeah, <laughs> the Canta Claus. Um, Spanish musical version. Mm, love her. Uh, um, <laughs> okay, uh, honestly, where is the Spanish musical version of Santa Claus? Let's see that. I would watch. Uh, no, I wouldn't. I hate Christmas movies. I would <laughs> let you watch. Tell me about it. We also received a new five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to go there and do that for us, we love it. This is our 97th five-star Yay. review. And um, that's so close to 100. And I tried and begged in 2021 to get you guys to get us to 100. And I failed miserably. But, you know, make my dream come true. All I want Christmas? for Christmas is reviews. Um, this one is from Bohema. And it says, instant listen. Gavin and Louie are putting in the work. Discovered the show during the pandemic and binged every episode. Huh. The quality has held up this, this entire time. Instant listen whenever it's in the feed. Five stars. 
Okay, gag. That's incredible. And um, thank you so much. We, then we, uh, I would like to think that the quality increased as time went on. Because <laughs> uh, those first um, movies, or not movies, those first episodes, a little roof. Um, me and Gavin were finding our sea legs. Um, but yeah, thank you so much. And I'm, we're glad that, you know, we were part of your pandemic um, escape Um give you something to do keep you feeling normal and good um yeah that's amazing thank you so much and as for our patreon bonus tier levels our my good friend tim has now joined us on patreon as an all-star supporter thank you so much tim thank you tim so so happy to have you here on the patreon you can actually see us and see that i'm like kind of dancing for you she's a dancing diva animala dance (laughs) um And also, real one last thing, and we will get into the episode. We are a proud member of the Glitterjaw Queer Podcast Collective. That was one of the beautiful things that happened to us in 2023. We are continuing with it in 2024. We love those people. They're amazing. Why did I turn into Trump? Lots of people are saying. Oh, God, Gavin, I hate (laughs) it. I hate it. Yeah, they... uh, they welcomed us with open arms and uh it's it's been such a lovely time so go listen to their uh roster of shows anywhere from Screonk, a godzilla movie marathon podcast to are you my mother hosted by our good friend david and many many more i mean there's a star wars podcast there's a spider-man podcast it's it's just everything that you could ever want mandy 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 more um anything you can want it's over there <laughs> on the glitter job podcast network um yeah we love them so much Um, Okay, Gavin, enough. Let's get into this episode. When you think about film and movies this year or this last year, 2023, what comes to your mind? Like what what things um, stand out to you? Aging, Uh, lack of sleep. Yes, of course. Um, No, uh, what does stand out to me? It's such an interesting... I mean, I think the big headline of of the entire year was strikes was unions and people really putting their collective power towards getting a fairer deal yeah and and i know that happens way late in the year but to me that is really what loomed over the first half of the year you know in the like third quarter of the year it was all anybody could talk about when when our TV show is going to come back? One of our movies going to come back? Yeah, and and this last part of the year, post strike and and post getting a a deal, when all the things that were delayed during the strike are going to start coming out now at the beginning of twenty twenty four. Yeah, there's a lot of movies that people were anticipating and hoping to see last year that got shuffled away. Challengers, the second Dune movie. Um, I just saw the trailer for Challengers again today, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Bisexual chaos magic, Gavin. It's here, baby. Um, and, and I will say, like, got shuttled for good reasons. And that's the, you know, just want to reiterate that we 100% supported the strike. And, like, yes. uh, like the anybody out there who's like, why were they on strike? I don't understand. Like, it was fairness, wages, people deserve to be treated as people they, yeah. you know and we're all living under the fear of the ai replacing all of our actors so yeah. like the corporate overlords you know have a lot um but we have a lot too 
Um, and so, yeah, absolute solidarity to all the workers who make up the great, you know, not only the American film industry, but like the film industry worldwide, every yeah. worker, every worker, all of our work has value. Um, and we need to protect that. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely uh, something that was a big, big deal. I just kept thinking about like, number one, so like weird year for obviously like superhero movies superhero movies that usually are like dominating every year for the last five years very fucking weird year i'll tell you that um i finally saw the flash and i was like what (laughs) (laughs) um i don't i our our annual ugly gowns award (laughs) just ugly (laughs) i mean i think that one actually goes to ant-man quantumania um that was uh just Vi- I mean, not even, vile is the wrong word, but like, I was like, what, what, what am I watching? Everything looks so ugly. It's so bad. Yeah. And also like nothing, the status quo, like nothing happened. Nothing changed. Nothing, nothing happens. Um, uh, you know, I did finally watch Blue Beetle and I was like, actually, you know what? I fuck with Blue Beetle. Yeah. Um, it's actually a lot of fun. Is it new? No. No. But it's done very, very well. And I think the specificity and, like, um, really diving into, like, the Mexican-American culture of it all, like, really worked. Incorporating the family, like, was really fun. And, you know, I was like, okay, great. Nothing new. But, you know, in a year full of, like, kind of, like, are superhero movies going to be okay? (laughs) Like, um, Blue Blue Beetle was, like, actually very decently done. I, um, I I have to agree. I, I mean, there were definitely some things. Listen, like you said, it didn't reinvent the wheel. Uh, much like RuPaul says, though, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. And as long I as you're rolling, that, babe. Exactly. And and I did like some of the humor. I was like, this is a little annoying. But there was some really beautiful stuff. And I mean, I think there's a shot with, I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a shot set in a possible afterlife and there's all these candles and i was like this is maybe one of the most stunning images i've ever seen in a superhero movie yeah i think a lot of the family stuff was earned yeah and like and they're yeah it's surprisingly emotional hi dude no worries just take your time thanks jenny you gotta force it to come out what do you hi You're a genius. What? I know. What'd I say? You said this thing isn't going to protect me, right? Uh, it's not going to let me die? No, no. I mean, we die. All right, let's see if it works. I wouldn't test it. No, 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 But anyway, like, there was a lot of superhero shit this year. There was but... so much. And perhaps the to its own detriment, you know? And the, I think the only one that people really seemed to like was the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which I did not like. Um, but I, I know I'm in the minority on that one. That's fine. Um... But yeah, it was like every time a superhero movie came out, it was everybody was like, "Is this the is this the death knell of the superhero film? Is this yeah. the end?" And and listen, as long as they make money, and I know people will be like, "Well, the Marvels didn't make money," and it's like, okay, you know, one one aberration doesn't prove the rule. Uh, like, as long as they make money, they're still gonna get made. Like, I think yeah. we're in the long haul. It's you know they're. There might be droughts between when people make westerns, but people still make westerns. So, like, yeah. we superhero movies are here forever. Yeah, totally. Um, 
And also, I'm not a spooky bitch, but like the amount of horror yeah. coming and and horror that seems to be critically acclaimed, making money, um, it's just kind of like Teflon, right? People are always just like, they're cheaper to make. People love, I mean, fucking Scream came. I mean, the year started off with Megan. Right. <laughs> and people lost their shits. And Scream, yeah, like you, uh, Scream followed shortly thereafter was one of the highest grossing movies of the year. I do have to say, and maybe this is controversial, maybe, I, I hope I'm not coming off as a negative Nancy in this episode, um, just something that felt more apparent this year than normal. I think people are willing to accept, um, because horror is so abundant, and uh, I think people are willing to accept not great horror and just be like, that was good. Like, like it was a surprise. And because there, I love, I love having a horror movie in my top 10. Uh-huh. I really do. And I didn't connect to Anything? almost any horror movie. This, I mean, I liked, I liked Scream 6. I thought it was fun. Um, I certainly wouldn't put it in my top uh, films. And um, yeah. What, I, how'd, I think, how, how'd you feel about Megan? I didn't like it. You didn't Sorry. like it? No. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was very basic i thought there was some really funny stuff in it i thought to- but tonally it was so like it really needed to decide if it wanted to commit more to being a comedy or more to being a horror movie because you can be a horror comedy that's fine but you need to find a way to like strike the balance and it just kept leaning back it was like a seesaw for me it kept leaning back and forth into the stuff and i was like what am i getting out of this and I I didn't see the the gory cut or whatever, and maybe that would have changed things for me. There's like an unrated cut that they put on Peacock um, that has more violence, but I I don't ever I'm not one of the people that watch horror movies for violence, so I, yeah. I doubt that would have changed a ton for me. But I just I I don't know. And then when I got to the end, I was like, "That's it. That's it, girl." <laughs> like <laughs> I I I I watched it very late in the year and. I watched it and I was like, there is literally no heterosexual reason for this to exist. This <laughs> is, you know, I mean, if there is, it's, I don't know, to show straights that like you don't need biological family to be your family. <laughs> like, So what you're saying is it's truly a story about chosen family. There it is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind we, of like. We as psycho robots get to choose the people we want exactly, to be family. Exactly. I didn't realize how ridiculous it was going to be. Like I, the dance. There's no reason for the dancing. There's just, no reason for the dancing. But but, I, but but fun, fun to watch. It's, but it, yeah, it's camp. It's camp in a way that like I don't think America has seen in the mainstream like in a long while. You know, um, you, you know, I I have I have very strong opinions about what's camp and what's not, and I agree. I I don't I it's I was just watching an episode of IMHO and Darby said something along the lines of like I think some girls just think camp is like. Yeah. And it's not. It's not. And, no. And that. And that. And for those of you listening to the podcast, unfortunately, you'll have to go to the Patreon to see what we're talking about. But that's that's what you know. And and Megan's not like that. Camp comes. From, camp is like really sophisticated, and in a way that I think most people don't realize. Camp comes from the ability to really play something straight as straight as possible, but still manage to get the humor out of it. Um, I think a lot of people. I was talking about this recently on on something else. I think maybe Morgan's podcast, where like people talk about like bat, the nineteen sixty six Batman, and they're like, 
oh, like they didn't know it was a joke. And it's like newsflash. No. Yeah. Newsflash. They did. But what makes it good is they play it so straight. Like this is their yeah. universe. And it's that's like, what causes the camp. Yeah. It's like Michael Caine knows that he's surrounded by Muppets. Right. <laughs> but, right. But, <laughs> and that's fucking camp. Yeah. It's the ability to take something. Let's take something silly, but take it very seriously. And like yeah. it's it's the interplay between serious, seriously silly and um, silly serious. And I think Megan is a good encapsulation of that. And also, frankly, I am just happy. I mean, obviously, this will be a new IP forever and ever. But like, yeah, God bless. A new one was born this year. And like, good, good. Great. Is is, is the next one going to be like me, Thregan? Is gonna that be, gonna be? Maybe it'll be Morgan with the R's of four. Oh, oh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Someone call Ma- Ma- Mason, but the S is a five. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's see. Going down. I mean, this is February. You know, we got Knock at the Cabin. Oh, which I must say, not about Knock at the Cabin specifically, but one of my big headlines for the year is just like, what a year for queer cinema. Yeah. Well, que- I mean, that movie is a queer movie or a movie with queer characters made by a straight man uh-huh. but <laughs> sorry sorry not to take it there not to be but no, like no, no yeah i mean you're right but i just think you know i saw so many movies starring queer people about yes. queer people queer um, stories yeah and and in and, and all genres you know yeah knock at the cabin horror namona on netflix oh yeah an- one of the- anim- animated family movie um orlando a political biography like a documentary um everybody which was a, another documentary about intersex people which um a documentary i didn't particularly love but had like really important information i think totally worth watching for that um yeah no you're and bottoms uh, bottoms uh, yeah like S- strangers queer. all of us like naiad i mean there's a so much um and passages we, passages yes uh there's so much and i just feel so blessed i mean I, f- I remember last year i remember thinking oh it's the year of kindness like that kind of like yeah. this year i think it's just like it's the year of gays like it really just <laughs> is no matter what your taste is there is a queer movie for you um and did i love all of them no no but, but like yeah good but, but good. yeah i was gonna say yeah that's w- w- one of the things we kind of hope for like if even if you don't love like, there's nothing to say you have to love everything. There's yeah. lots of movies I watch and I'm like, I liked that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, and that it's, happens. That's very whatever. Uh, can I say one thing about Knock at the Cabin before we breeze by it very quickly? Yep. I do think, and maybe I'm being too sensitive, I think, in my opinion, Knock at the Cabin suffers a lot from the idea that queer people have to prove themselves to be even better yeah. than straight people in order for us to exist Mm -hmm. or in order for us to like be seen as equal. And so I kept thinking about that while watching the movie where I was just like, this is an awful lot to like put on this queer couple. And like the idea that like, because they chose their daughter, they like love her more than uh, having a a child. Yeah. Yeah, Having no child or a biological. And, And like, I was like, like the messaging here is really weird and and like grosses me out and feels like a very straight person's idea of like no i'm with you gays like so yeah and and that did bother me and once again maybe that's me reading too much into it but that's what art is for you know read it baby um (laughs) 
we got the last entry into the Magic Mike trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, we got another, like I mentioned, Ant-Man. I want to say probably the, the, the movie that was talked about the most in February was cocaine bear yes uh, which that, i completely forgot about and still have not seen no like, I, I mean like it's um you know ridiculous elizabeth banks is out here being crazy and good yeah. for her uh, because I mean, that's also, what i was gonna say i, lo- I like her you know i wish uh, more success to her yeah this was also i mean like a lot of trilogy wrap-ups we had creed 3 as well um and, and 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 the Gal- Gardens of the Galaxy three, a lot of threes. Um, like you mentioned, Scream six, which now maybe is the end for now. <laughs> for a little while, I, I think we're gonna have. It, it, I'm sure there's lots of people who are more positive about it than I am. I think it's gonna be another long gap before we get Scream seven. If we get Scream seven, yeah, and what's the spot yeah <laughs> I, i'm like and frankly like fuck spyglass like you yeah. know like yeah. period yeah it's uh, one of those things where i'm like maybe the right should revert to another company now maybe that's maybe that's the answer yeah oh my god we can't talk about flop um superhero movies without talking about shazam fury of the gods um what <laughs> what is that yeah exactly. that's not a thing <laughs> um fucking you know what bums me out about that the most though I really like Lucy Liu. I like, know. I, I like. I really like Lucy Liu. I wanted. I yeah. want, She deserves more. I think she has a new movie out at Sundance right she now. She does. It's a Steven Soderbergh film. So good for her. Good She's for getting her. in on. I guess I hear it's a very ghostly. It's called The Presence, Ooh. and uh, or maybe just Presence because there was like a headline that said like Steven Soderbergh's presence too intense for people, <laughs> like, uh, and I was yeah, just okay. like, what? wow. <laughs> Uh, one movie that we both really loved and talked about earlier for our Michelle Rodriguez episode, Dungeons and Dragons, yes. Honor Among Thieves. Um, and, and like, that's almost like, uh, that's I'm at the risk of like being like ruining what I just said about camp. Like a lot of that is camp. A lot of the, because it was people playing it straight into a ridiculous world. Maybe not. I love what Chris Pine's doing in the movie. Maybe he's the only one. Like, he's almost, like, too knowing in the movie. But, <laughs> but like, I genuinely think her performance is Michelle Rodriguez. Because she is playing it deathly serious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, also, whatever the bird's name is and, like, yeah. that whole thing is so good. Um, but, but what a funny movie. I, it's funny. I was talking to uh, our friend Christy, uh, her husband, Zach. Mm-hmm. I had lunch with them shortly after seeing it the first time. And he's a huge D&D player. And I was like, well, what do you think about the movie? And he's like, he's like, I think it's like watching a great D&D campaign. Is that great for movies? I don't know. But I had a, and I was like, yeah, that's, and that's kind of what it, it was like. It's weird to watch a movie that's clearly that expensive that feels like a hangout. Yeah. Yeah. It felt like a very good Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. You know, and, and. What a great vibe to catch. <laughs> Where once were contenders, now are befrienders. Let's celebrate lasses, celebrate lasses, celebrate lasses, celebrate lasses. What's going on? Oh, my foot is stuck. Concentrate. I think they're starting to get suspicious. And let me tell you, when they found that fat dragon, oh. and like, and like, that's how you do like a like a non-offensive fat joke, by the way, because that thing was adorable. Yeah, great. Um, in March, one of the 
top movies of the year, Super Mario Brothers movie. I didn't watch it, but I'm happy for Nintendo girlies everywhere. I felt so bad. I watched it with my niece and nephew. My niece and nephew came to visit, um, and uh, I watched it with them. And I, I forgot that sometimes you, like, I talk to kids like they're adults, um, and sometimes you can't. And so no. I feel like I, I feel like I ruined the movie for him because I was like, I don't know. Like there was a lot of like references to the gay. It just felt very cloying and like. And these kids and then, are like. Uh, and then, and then, like when he told his mom, she was like, "Oh, what did you think about the movie?" He's like, "I don't know." It seemed like they were doing a lot of stuff to like make it like the games, and I was like, "I've ruined this ten-year-old." Oh no, yeah, yeah. I, I fucked this ten-year-old yeah, up. Yeah, but you gotta really <laughs> like, keep it tight around the kids. Um, I saw Air in theaters with Sam, um, friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> I have, I have many questions for you. The first being, how dare you? The funny thing about Air is that, like, it truly is 80% soundtrack. Um, it's it's a great soundtrack. Um, and a lot of dialogue, not much happens. And a lot of dialogue. Um, but I was like, okay. It's funny how, like, it's being pushed for, like, award stuff. I was like, the script is so amazing. I'm like, is it really? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm Because I'm a sucker for sports dramas. Um, yeah that's why oh, I okay to... you know what honestly i'll take that i'll take I, th- I think that's a, a genuine reason to watch the movie the you, you know something very psychotic i was crying like a child at the end of naiad and it's because i was number one it's like a very classic traditional sports drama um true story but then like obviously you're at the top i i didn't re- i didn't know that this woman was a lesbian um but when I saw like no, the rape- uh, they call actors thespians, Louis. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> Done. Uh, they're holding a f- like the the gay flag, and it's like Queen of the Sea. And I was like, of course, it's a white lesbian woman who wanted to fucking swim from Cuba to Florida. <laughs> um, it just gets me. It just gets me, and um, I have no shame for being a naiad stan. Okay. So take I didn't that. see I didn't see it, so I I can't. I wasn't rushing out to see the Jodie Foster film about swimming. Jodie Foster and Annette Bening as like two lesbians who like are just gal pals who want to like fucking break records at sixty plus years old. Ah, oh, sold, done. <laughs> um, let's see. Did you watch Bo is Afraid? No. Um, I feel I like once again. I feel like I'm the worst. I'm so sorry, audience. I don't like Ari Aster. I okay. don't. And I just am at the point in my life where I'm like, if I know I'm not going to like something, like if I've given it a shot, I'm not saying like I'm prejudging something. Like I saw Midsummer, I saw uh, Hereditary. I saw his short film that he did for his college thesis, which disgusted me. <laughs> um, and so I was just like, you know what? Life's short. I don't need to see his movies. I so I didn't watch it because it's described as a surrealist tragic comedy horror. None of those words really speak to me, I would say, but um good for Ari Aster getting to do whatever the fuck he wants, I guess. I will say had we not already done a Parker Posey episode, I would maybe have ended up watching it because she's in it. But now, you know, much like Genie at the end of Aladdin, I'm free. <laughs> clink, clink. So sorry. That is gone, baby. Um, I wanted to mention a great March release. Um, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. First of all, Rachel McAdams, 
you will always be famous. Um, yeah. She's so good in this movie. That's, um, that scene. And like, I'm not spoiling anything. It's around Twitter. The, the scene of her telling her daughter, Margaret, why she doesn't talk to her parents anymore. Yeah. I, I was like sobbing and I was like, why am I sobbing? It's devastating. Like, yeah. Uh, so, um, we don't see my parents because, um, they don't want to. What? My mom and dad are very, very devout Christians. And before you were born, when your dad and I first fell in love, um, they told me that it would be very hard for them to uh, have a, sorry, Jewish son-in-law. They told me it would be very hard for them to have a Jewish son-in-law and that if I wanted to marry him, that was my business, but I wouldn't be their daughter anymore. But you are their daughter. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, um, every child in that film, star, star, from from Margaret to her little cunty friend to her like good friends, they're all so so good and giving such grounded fully realized fully human performances of like tween girls who have inner life they're not they're not just plot points you know they are people um yeah. and it's just so so good i i i don't know how benny safty is in so many movies all of a sudden let's yeah. just say let's just say I mean, that he's uh he's really i mean he's like i'm gonna do a lot i'm gonna do the acting yeah um and then uh, I can't forget Miss Kathy Bates, former subject oh my, of the podcast. And and just truly amazing in her role as the grandmother, like, and and just so witty and funny and like, you know, nobody's doing it like Kathy Bates. No. I, I, yeah. I, I will say, just as a side adjacent to Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, which is a film I loved, so I'm not denigrating it in any way possible. I did see a really uh, good side, like... Listen, this was the, the last year was the year I deleted my Twitter. So I try to stay off it as much as I can, but I am on the Mixed Reviews Twitter every now and then. And I did see uh, a really interesting conversation between comedian Guy Branham and uh, Kelly Fremont Craig, who directed Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, where essentially he was like, it kind of sucks that you cast a fat kid to be the like, quote unquote, gross kid, the like weird and undesirable. And she's like, listen, this kid unsolicitedly sent us a tape and I knew I needed to have him in the movie. I loved him so much. He gave such a good performance that I gave him this role. Like, and would you just like rather me not cast him because he's fat? And Guy Brennan was like, I'm not saying that, but I am saying like, look at the role you chose to give him Mm -hmm. based on and like, think about what you're saying about how you feel about heavy set people. And I was like, you know, honestly, I can see his point. I th- I don't I don't think he's wrong, like but yeah. I do love the movie. But yeah. I just, you know, it's our podcast. I figure I get to talk about whatever I want to talk about. Say that. Um in May, another I think really excellent um queer movie worth mentioning, Monica, starring Trace Lissette. Um and um absolute stunner actress Patricia Clarkson. Um just like such a, you know, good, I mean, 
a vibey movie for sure. Yeah, a quiet, thoughtful, Qu- paced, like mm-hmm. Kind, mm-hmm. kind of a. I don't want to say like languid implies uh, bad, but not not bad. I I as an editor was like I could maybe cut twenty minutes out of this, <laughs> but but I really liked it. I like I mean I love Trace Lissette's performance in it. I yeah. really Patricia Clarkson gives like a, a hard to watch at points performance. Patricia Clarkson is has dementia, right? Like she's yes, yeah, yeah. So she's slowly, you know, this degenerative disease is making her mind you know, deteriorate. And her and her daughter, just for people who don't know what Monica's about. Is trans. And, yeah, her daughter is trans and she's come back home kind of in a downbeat way to like see her before she passes and agrees to kind of be a caretaker, a caretaker for her. But um, but the pre- not the premise, but the idea is that like the mother does not know that this is her child. Yes. Um, uh, they purposely don't tell her. Um, and and the struggle and strife that that ensues with Monica trying to live her life and um, but also you know be part of the family. She reconnects with her brother who hasn't seen her since she transitioned. Um, beautiful performances all around. Yeah, um, and 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 Trace Lissette, like really she's a fucking star. Oh and my hopefully god! Hopefully gets cast in many more things. Off and like this was a passion project of hers. I think she spent over two years trying to get it made and yeah i mean like she was a star you know in since her pageant days in yeah. hustlers she has like maybe five oh, yeah. lines i and forgot she's, she's in hustle yeah there's yeah, so she, many she, people in hustlers yeah <laughs> she's so amazing monica's come to help us what what are you doing i told you i don't want anybody from hospice no 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 she's not from hospice it's okay Friend, and I'm she... not dying, Laura. I know. Okay. I know. It's okay. It's okay. I don't need any help. No. You know I can do things on my on my own mm-hmm. by myself. Mm-hmm. You know. And I have plenty. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch the fucking Little Mermaid? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. Sorry. I, I, I'm sure it was fine. I, I I wasn't avoiding it. It just wasn't high on my list. I saw it and I did not like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lin-Manuel Miranda, you will pay for your sins. Um, I I also think... I bind you, Lynn. I yes. bind you from doing harm to yourself and others. And, and this nation. I think um, Haley... Holly? Bailey? Haley Bailey? <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think it's Holly Bailey. I think it's Holly Bailey. Um, she is a star, but I don't know if she Haley like... Haley Bailey? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Haley Bailey. Ha- Holly, Holly, ba- Holly, Holly Bailey. Bailey. I'll let you continue. Holly Bailey, I think she is a star. I just don't think she maybe fully got the assignment on this. Like, one of the great things about the original anime movie is when she can't talk, she's very expressive and she has to, like, emote. Oh. In this, it just felt like she was on autopilot. Um, The best actress in this entire gig is the girly that they got to play Vanessa, which is Ursula. Like, when Ursula turns into, like, the hot girly. Yeah. She was giving a performance. She was <laughs> eating them all up. Um, I, I've heard that as much as we love Melissa McCarthy, we did an entire episode on her. You feel free to go back and listen to that. It was I fine. heard that she was one of the weaker links of it, too. I heard she that she just really wasn't given it. You know, yeah. if there was any place to like, speaking of camp, like if there was any place to camp it up, Little Mermaid was it, guys. Yeah, it was very fine. Also, I think the movie suffers from the classic fucking scourge of bad lighting in movies 
um that also well i don't want to look at real fish real fish are gross they are gross (laughs) in june we got um spider-man across the spider-verse um i will say i enjoyed it but yeah that is not a complete movie is what i would say thank you thank you i and like listen i know part one was on the the stuff the advertisements for it but even when i went to see it i you know i went to alamo draft house to see it uh during a showing where they it's one of their not rowdy screenings but screenings where they do allow like some to, because it's kids and yeah, like yeah, yeah yeah you you have to accept that i i always think it's so funny when i run across an adult that's like i went to a kids movie and the kids are being so rowdy and it's like well what that did was, you think what, that was, yeah that was literally me watching the little mermaid i was like <laughs> i was like oh i made a mistake coming to a three o'clock sunday showing of little mermaid of course um, kids are running around but it gets to the end of that movie and it says to be continued and i literally heard an adult man go what yeah yeah so I, I yeah saw... no it was frustratingly not uh and i i had that argument with my brother-in-law over the holidays he was like i was like i i liked it i was like i did not think it was good as the first one and he's no. like oh i thought it was better and i was like it wasn't a complete movie <laughs> no i yeah the first one i think is a masterpiece this is good but i i feel like i've had this conversation with someone before being like you know if we're gonna keep it in the in the superhero realm like uh the fucking Avengers part one and part two, those are like complete movies like Thanos snaps. And they're like, that's a whole story. And then the second part is like bringing it back. This is, this truly is like, and then we got the gang together to be continued. (laughs) I was like, that's not a whole movie. Um, Exactly. But yeah, fucking long movie too. I couldn't believe it. Well, and that's the other problem, right? Like, how are you going to be like, not create a complete arc for a film? And listen, there there were other movies that, um, like Mission Impossible, uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which I guess it's no longer Part 1, it's just called Dead Reckoning, is a complete narrative. It doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't achieve the ultimate end goal, which is the, you know, this dissolution of this AI, evil AI that's... But, like, it ends in a place where you're like, wow, I watched an arc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, going smaller, uh, Past Lives comes out in June, which everyone was really lit for. I think yeah. there's a lot of people who still are, like, on the Past Lives train. Where do you fall on Past Lives? Uh, I liked it. I, I didn't... It didn't blow me away. And I, like, weirdly... Like, it's it's so... It's difficult to talk about, I think, because it is such a clearly personal story. Sure. And, and I don't think it's, like, really... Um, I've heard some people describe it as, like, a story about a woman reacquainting herself with a lost love. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's what it's about. Like, but I do think you have strong emotions that you feel about people that change over time and i do think that's a very real thing and i also think that like culturally she experienced something very different and that changed for her and everything i guess we should explain that uh to people past lives greta lee is a woman who or she, as a little girl she grew up in korea when she's around i don't know seven to twelve ish um her and her family moved to canada um, and she leaves behind a boy she likes. Um, and from Canada, she immigrates again to New York City to go to school because she wants to be a writer. Um, while she's in school in New York, um, she gets a Facebook message from the boy that she, you know, had this relationship with. He's now a young adult man. And they kind of have a flirtation 
over the internet. She decides it's too difficult. Like right. he, he's the never going to. distance gonna... is too much. Yeah. And so they separate again. She says, maybe we shouldn't talk as much. Um, and then she ends up falling in love with another writer at a retreat and they get married and have a full life. Um, and then, you know, time has passed and her, her, her friend that she had this relationship with finally visits New York as a, an adult man. And they kind of have just like this kind of weekend, I guess, of yeah. hanging out, reconnecting. Um, I, what I, the, the thing that I love most about this movie is it's not, yes, there is like this, like, what if scenario, but like this, it's a lot of talk about, you know, LOL, their past lives, like this idea right. of, you know, in another life, maybe we were together in another life. Maybe, you know, she says this thing, like maybe another life I was a branch and you were a bird sitting on me. Um, and I just thought like, there's a lot of like ideas and thoughts that I thought were really beautiful. It's a slow movie. Yeah. Quiet movie. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think the scene at the very end when they're all sitting at the bar talking together, I was just like, wow, this conversation is so tough. But right. they've, they landed the dialogue very well. Um, it doesn't feel, I mean, for all the awkwardness and uncomfortableness of like being like a husband to like, you know, this woman who's reconnecting with um, a childhood like um, crush or whatever, uh, it's really just like a sophisticated movie. So. And- and not to take anything away from the two leads who are both Asian, um, Teo Yu and Greta Lee, but John Magaro, who plays Greta Lee's husband, is also amazing, like scene-stealingly amazing. He has a really amazing moment um, in the third act of the movie, even before, like, the, you know, they really she really reconnects with this guy. And um, yeah, it's... I, it's not really a three-hander because there are other people in it, but it kind of feels like a three-hander between them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are you attracted to him? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I don't think so. He was just this kid in my head for such a long time. And then he was just this image on my laptop. And now he is a physical person. It's really intense, but I don't think that that's attraction. I think I just missed him a lot. I think I miss soul. Did he miss you? I think he missed the 12 year old crybaby he knew a long time ago. You were a crybaby? Yeah. Most of the time, he'd have to just stand there and watch me. When is he leaving again? I saw Asteroid City, and I, w- I-, I like, come and go with Wes Anderson. This movie, I was just like, oh, do you like yourself? Do you Do you love... Do you love being Wes Anderson? Do you love like cinema and film? Is everything you make so important? I um. First of all, I'm with you, and so I think this is going to upset maybe some of the cinephiles in the audience. I know so many people who think Asteroid City is really deep, and I don't. <laughs> I think I think it's all very surface, and I think if you you bring yourself to whatever art there is, that that's a given. 
when you have to like I've seen people bend over backwards to be like it's so deep like the you 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 know you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep oh my god the meaning and it's like no babes no it's like it's just all like he is so seemingly closed off from so sheltered from everything in himself and it just comes across on screen and like yeah i love i love his like rube goldbergy type designs and and whatnot like that's interesting to me yeah i know that he loves jacques tati like i can see it on the screen but like i just found it so hollow and so uninteresting and like just especially like picking a time period a specific time period like that like the like 1950s like post-war using edward norton as this like tennessee williams type character and not putting in any sort of nuance from that time period not giving us like anything that has to to do with anything that that occurred you know then the like post-war malaise and the like none of it it just (laughs) didn't do anything for me i don't know yeah i felt like an exercise in like insufferability like it's just uh, yeah just far too much and and you know i i don't care i don't care yeah like if film snobs go have fun you know with this movie and that's fine when you know once again i'm just i feel like i'm getting to the age where i'm just like yeah, I, I've given I've given you enough shots. Like, I don't, like, yeah, um, I loved the blackening, which we talked about in our mm-hmm. slasher um, films. Um, no hard feelings, which got- Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Yes, um, love her so much. Um, guess what I saw, Gavin? What did you see? Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Oh, did you? <laughs> I did not. But hey, you know, the, for our former subject Jane Fonda is in that movie, so someone had to watch the movie, Gavin. Okay, <laughs> someone had to. Um, we're getting into July, September. Um, my goodness, I, I'm not going to. Um, we're not going to talk about the movie a lot, but like, The Sound of Freedom is probably one of the worst things you could do with this um, art. Of filmmaking. Um, I didn't watch it, but it is morally bankrupt. Um, It is propaganda. It is just horrid. Um, Yeah, I I didn't see it either, but I did like... (laughs) I I had some um, family members who will not be named that were like, I want to see that. And I sent them some choice articles because I was like, no, you don't. Um, Yeah, it's it's frustrating. Um, It was bound to happen at some point. Like, this is the thing that the like right-wing propaganda arm has always had so much money um so it's shocking to me that they've not managed to find their way into um the mainstream film industry sooner and they Mm -hmm. like for the last 20 years i feel like they're edging closer and closer there was like the atlas shrugged like that i think everybody sort of realized after the first one what it was and whatnot but like this is a gross new level of just like yeah fear mongering spreading like patent lies and 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 yeah yeah it's giving credibility to um you know a story that obviously is quite frightening and it would be similarly false to say that human trafficking is not real it is real but this characterization of it and 
all the implications are just completely irresponsible. Right. Right. Um, so, boo on that movie. Uh, <laughs> I saw Joyride on the pl- on a plane. Joyride, so, fu- so, so fun. fun. A good plane movie, honestly. Yes, yes. Like everything for Ashley Park, everything for Stephanie Hsu. All those girls were a fucking riot. Um, theater Camp, another queer movie with, that is so silly and so dumb. Yes, and and I really enjoyed it. I will say this. My one complaint about Theater Camp is I did not feel like it had anything more new to say than the movie Camp, which, which came we, out 20 years ago. And Camp, is, said. and Camp is a great movie, so. Yeah, but what, I mean, once what, again. What movie could live up to Camp? None could. <laughs> um, we're getting to, this is the weekend, Barbenheimer, she's here. Um, I saw both of these movies. Um, dare we dive into the discourse, Gavin? Sure. Let's um, discourse. The discourse. Let's, let's discourse. Let's start with Oppenheimer. Um, I think Oppenheimer. I, first of all, I like Christopher Nolan. I, you know, I, I don't think I didn't see Tenet, but I, I love um, unabashedly Interstellar. I saw that video of the Peloton teacher, and it was you, Louis. Twas you, me. you were Twas the one me. that was like Tenet. What was this? I want those three hours back. <laughs> I was a Peloton girly for quite a while. Um. Oppenheimer, I, I quite liked. Um, I thought it was very like there are moments when I was like, "This is a script, and we are reading a script <laughs> to like." And I, I think it's because some of the dialogue is there, there's so much exposition that they have to get through, right? Because it's like such a very complicated subject. And I was like, "Humans don't talk this way, but work." Um, <laughs> I all those actors I have nothing bad to say about them, but I think it is a little bit funny. That I'm like. These are the girlies that like we're really talking about for awards. Again, I love uh, Emily Blunt, Killian Murphy, um, but the I, I think you know Christopher Nolan and pulling off that movie is a lot more impressive than Robert Downey Jr. like yelling, <laughs> you know. Um, fair, fair. But I but I do think it's a very big movie it's a beautiful movie um it's a very complicated subject that they're able to you know put together in a package i will say didn't feel long i i've i've Good. I, I got right through her i was like wow this is this is very interesting <laughs> um so yeah i i think i'm a little cooler on it than most people but like i i did love like at the end fucking rami malik being like here are my two lines to fuck robert downey jr i was like work love it um <laughs> yeah interesting movie what do you think about it I didn't see it. You didn't see Oppenheimer? No. Wow. The And I have nothing against it. I'm not another. I'm also like, I'm sort of indifferent when it comes to Christopher Nolan. I think sometimes he says some things that I'm just like, okay, like, let's. Well, first of all, love is the fourth dimension, Gavin. So right. real, real... exactly. Think about the that. Man, he is the man who put love is the, I think it's fifth dimension, but hmm. um, in, into Anne Hathaway's mouth. And uh, for that, and I, he will. And I, li- and I live. I, for, I yeah, I was it. gonna say for that he will always be famous. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I just never got around to. I just kept. Hmm, I know a lot of people loved it. I just kept being like, That's I will an say, awfully, awfully long time for me to <laughs> to watch will, that movie. I will say, if you're afraid of the the length, it doesn't feel like you know, like oh god, it's still fucking going because it is very well paced. I think all the actors do a good job. I think it is. 
I think Christopher Nolan has enough style that like it feels like there's interesting choices. People were like weirded out by some of like the sex scene stuff. Like, grow the fuck up, okay? Like, yeah, exactly. People have sex, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and like it's called style. Like, this is not reality. Right. He's making a movie, babes. It's it's so funny when you listen to him talk. Like, it's always like, why isn't Christopher Nolan making more things like the Quay Brothers or like Jean Svankmeyer? Like, he makes these very, like, kind of mainstreamy movies for being such a weird guy. And listen, he's, I feel like he's also been a really class act on this press tour that I'm sure he didn't want to do because he <laughs> does not like doing them. But, like, even, you know, like Spike Lee bringing up, like, it would have been nice to see something from the Japanese point of view of all the people that died from the atomic bomb. Yeah. And Christopher Nolan being like, yeah, you know what? He has a point. And, yeah. like, it's just, it's not in the movie. Like, yeah. I mean, it's Christopher Nolan likes making ambitious movies about big ideas and like zeroing them in on like humans. Yeah. Um, and so, like, with this, like, Killian Murphy, and you see like this genius um, going through it because of, you know, this thing he's made. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, how about we talk about Barbie then? <laughs> I didn't know. I did see that. <laughs> um, I saw Barbie. I First of all, I think. There was no purer joy than seeing Barbie in the theater with other people yes. who were so excited to see it. Whether you like the movie or not, there was always something about going into a theater with like a big group of people and like experiencing it together. That's just fucking yeah. fun. People dressing up like I live. Um, uh, yeah, and there I, was there was even like I I'd forgotten about that. That's a good point. There were yeah. there were there were like gaggles of people dressed up at the screening. I went with my good friends Nicole and Alex, and we had a blast. So yeah. Yeah, I remember thinking, like, I had a great experience in the theater that I feel better about than the actual movie, is what I'll say. I think the movie is gorgeous. Production design, gorgeous. Um, I love a good musical moment. Um, Unfortunately, I think in the end, I fall more on, like, I think Ken's story was more interesting. I agree with you. Um, And I, I just wanted to stop you briefly. Can we... Stop pretending I'm just Ken is a good song. Now, now yeah. is, is it as enough time pass that we yeah. can be that we can pretend and like I like the musical number. I think it's a lot of fun, but it's a bad song. It's not it's not good. It's is not that I'm entertaining. Just, is I'm just Ken the one where they're like on the beach dancing? Yeah, it it's all the different oh, it's like moments, on the yeah. beach and then like on the stairs and it looks yeah, it, it I looks think like the- a Powell and Pressburger movie and yeah, I think the visuals are better than the song, for sure. Yes. Uh, I just, it just, everybody keeps being like, oh, it's going to be nominated for Best Song. And then it won at the Critics' Choice Awards, I believe, for Best Song. And it's just like, guys, we got to, we got to find a better song if we're like, come on. Yeah, yeah, I I don't, I'm not a, I'm just Ken Stan at all. Um, so, fuck it. But, uh, yeah, my, my criticism Barbie land on like, I don't know why Greta needed felt like she needed to like wikipedia barbie for us like right i remember you saying that you brought that up um uh i'm trying to think what episode you brought that up because we did talk a little bit about it and yeah yeah, you you did mention that yeah it has felt a little bit strange i think she has a very good idea about like the story of barbie and and what her her journey i just would have loved more time with america Ferrera and her daughter rather than like talking about you know the inventor of Barbie in her life. It's like, okay, well that's just Wikipedia. Which is also really funny because, um, 
people were really invested in whether it was getting original screenplay or uh, adapted screenplay as though saying that something is adapted means that somehow it's lesser than, which I think is a weird takeaway, a a new bit of conversation that I, I feel like has not really come up before in the discourse when it comes to the Academy Awards. And once again, the reason why I hate prognosticating about awards, because I think it really just brings out the worst in people when like, really like, here's the thing. We do this show and we tell you what we like and what we don't like, uh, but that doesn't mean that we're 100% right. And like having a consensus on art is boring. And so like that, I just, it's one of those things that drives me crazy um, that it's like, no, this was the best movie of the year. And it's like, I guess, I guess if you, I'm sure if you really loved Green Book, Green Book was the best movie of the year for you. (laughs) Fucking weirdo. Not Green Book. Right. And so like, Exactly. That's why I used it as the example. But it was just wild to like see this conversation devolve into basically being like, if it's adapted, it's less than. And it's like, no, it's not. It still takes a lot of effort to adapt things. And so I'm going to guess, based on what you just said, you believe it's an adapted screenplay. I believe it's an adapted screenplay. I don't know that it matters. I don't care. I, I, you could tell me either. <laughs> well, also that. But... I, 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 don't, I don't care whether it's adapted or not. I... What I get, what I'm getting at is, I think it's a beautiful movie. I think everyone is acting their fucking faces off, and it's so funny. Like every single Barbie and Ken, they're all amazing um, and and very good. I just think like that was always going to be a very hard thing to do, and I think like there are some choices where I'm just like, why can't Barbie Land have all the things? Like why did Barbie have to leave? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh-oh. That feels weird to me. I just want to end the Barbie conversation by saying thank you, Greta Gerwig, for the Stephen Malcolmus joke in the movie. I was the only one who laughed in the theater that I was in. Um, I really appreciate it. <laughs> that, she did it. She did it for you, babe. That was all she for did. You. I, I mean, in the director's roundtable, I saw her being like, "I put in a Stephen Malcolmus joke. I have no idea who that's for." Me. It's and me. you said, "I'm right here, babe." There's just some very obscure jokes which I can't believe are in the movie, like. A Proust Barbie joke. That's a real. That was. I don't know. I heard one woman in New York laugh at that joke. So I thought, oh, that's for you. Um, there's a Stephen Malcolmus pavement yes. joke, which I was like, <laughs> that's a deep cut. Next month we get bottoms, which I don't think I'm as on as everyone else is, yeah. but I think it's. But I think it's bonkers and crazy, and it's for younger people. But great. I th- I think my only complaint is I w- I almost wish it committed to the bit a little more. Like I w- I it's. You know what? It's literally the same problem I had with Megan, where like I think it needed to sort of choose what it wanted to be a little bit more and go heavier into. But but I liked it. I had a lot of fun. I laughed my fucking yeah. face off. Yeah, Iowa Berry is a star. Rachel Sennett. Oh my is god, is a star. Our, um, our greatest Irish star currently working. Yes, yes. I I, I saw her out there in the, in the country land. Um, <laughs> Let's see, breezing through September, anything interesting? I saw that you saw Cassandro. Yes. I saw I saw Cassandro. Um, a movie that, like, weirdly uh, is very fine. Um, but, like, for such a, like, I a think louder... Last <laughs> I just think, like, I like, um, you know, obviously, Guy Garcia Bernal. But, like, this character of... This guy just seems so much bigger than this movie, if that makes yes. sense. Um, I, it's think, about, I mean, I think that's 100% correct. It's a movie about a Mexican um, wrestler who he's he's gay. 
Um, and yeah, I, it, it's it's based off a documentary, is that right? Well, it's funny because it's it is based off a documentary, but it's not based off the good documentary. <gasps> uh, there is a there is a documentary from a couple of years ago called Cassandra uh, Cassandro the Exotico, mm-hmm. and that movie's great. And I saw that in the theater and like really, and it was interesting and, and his life story is so much more interesting than, than the movie allows for. Like the movie really gives this like deranged paint by numbers, like biopic thing that I, I think just doesn't work. I love Gael. He's too old for this role. Like Cassandra was like 20 when all this was happening. He's clearly in his late forties. Yeah. I, I just... I just don't understand any of the choices that were made in the movie. And I really recommend I, this is another thing. Uh, soapbox time, watch more documentaries, please. Like, please, I beg of you as an, as an audience, uh, even as people who don't normally listen to the show, I see so many really well-respected film critics who cannot put a single documentary into their top 10. And I'm not saying you have to, I'm not saying there's a criteria, but if I follow you and year after year, you put out a top 10 list and there's not a single documentary in the year that you liked that can possibly crack your top 10 criminal that. Yeah. That's there's like broaden your horizons. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. And yeah, I, I was really frustrated with Cassandro. I really did not enjoy it. We had two movies this year that were the tenth installment of their um, uh, films. Um, we had earlier in the year Fast X, which yes. I don't know if people saw. I saw it for our Michelle Rodriguez episode. I don't know. I can't. I I saw a handful of those movies. I cannot tell you which one. I I won a. Uh, yeah, I mean, you would have known it was in the theaters, but uh... also um, we got Saw X. Um, oh, which, yeah. which is wild. I can't believe that. I mean, I guess I started watching those movies. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> I was like, I guess a lot of time has passed since these movies came out when I saw them in like college in 2005 or whatever. Yeah. Um, I also saw them in college. Very, very wild. Um, I guess this one was kind of a prequel, like it takes place between the first and the second movie. Sure. Some, some shit. Yeah. Um, Dick's the musical. My God. <laughs> My God. Um, Game changer. Uh, I know some people love this movie. I I really liked it, so I not for me. <laughs> Listen, you know, not everything's for everybody. You know, yeah. Brooklyn comedy is a scourge, and see, I don't think it's just Brooklyn comedy. There's it much is more... Brooklyn comedy. <laughs> there is much more like Dime Square type shit out there that like is not worth your time. But like this, I I don't know. The the best part of this movie, Megan Thee Stallion. She's so good. Yes, she's great. Yeah, talk about stars. I thought Mark. you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna say Megan Mullally, who I also thought was really great in it. Yeah, she's and that, so she's sometimes she's doing too much, but yeah. Um, I think uh, you know we're now in October. Must be said, the Taylor Swift documentary. We had two two of the most famous women on the planet, Beyonce and Taylor Swift, not only put on the biggest shows on the planet, but put them into movie theaters for people to see. Um, I would I would argue that. The Taylor Swift movie is is it's just a concert. It's just a concert. There's no, um, you know, uh, she's not talking about the process. She's not giving us anything. You know, it's it's just the, the show, and the show's good. So whatever. Um, Renaissance was like Beyonce had a script, babe. She fucking wrote her dialogue. She had an arc. She showed us going home. 
Um, I think both are great. Both of those women are great. God bless. Um, I will take all of the pop girly content from both Taylor Swift and Beyonce. Love them I, both. Di- I didn't see either of them because nobody invited me to go see them. So, Wow, Gavin, really throwing the guilt on thick, huh? Yeah, just saying, like, I just, I sat home and just twiddled my thumbs. Just you, saying. Just, just, um, uh. I'm you, fun, damn it. You, like. <laughs> I'm s- fun. <laughs> you softly, I'm um, sinking to yourself. You won't break my soul. You, <laughs> yeah. While a single tear drops. Just a single tear, exactly. Um, and then turns to dust on my skin because I'm that evil. <laughs> also in October, a big movie, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, Martin Scorsese, another uh, three-hour epic. Yeah, he's on my shirt. There he is. Daddy. Film daddy. <laughs> uh, what do you think about this movie? I loved it. I really yeah. did love it. And I, I want to preface that by saying... I totally understand the criticisms that are coming from the indigenous community. I'm sure it's a very difficult watch and I'm sure like it's not a great feeling to watch, um, to feel re-victimized by, by the content on screen. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was really brilliant. I think he, he, he does a really good job of conveying, um, a really complicated story in which all the white people are bad. And I think if you walk away thinking that the white people in this movie are in any way good, you're, you're fucked up. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, I think there's a lot of the conversation about what is this really Martin Scorsese's story to tell? I think if you've seen it and you see the ending, I think he's acknowledging that, um, that, that was a yeah, gag. He, that was a gag. Yeah, that he's unsure if it's his story to tell. And it, it, does this just become white entertainment? Um, but it's, it gets, it's a complicated question. But it gets back to like the question you brought up with Guy Branham and the director of Are You There, Margaret? Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret? Like, you know, is it better that the story is not told at all? Right. And like half of me half of me fully understands and truly and the other half of me like hates that argument as well because it's like but like we're so broken that it should there should be an indigenous filmmaker who could make this movie and get that amount of money from apple and like it's frustrating that they can't and like right i mean but like i i was thinking about this today i watched american fiction today and i was thinking about you know the, the conversation inevitably comes up of like you know representation of uh, you know, black people in media for such a long time was just like slavery, rappers, thugs. Right. I think about, you know, representation of like Latinos in film and like, and every, almost every single like working actor from the time says like, bitch, I had to put food on the table. Right. Like there is, I, so I understand all these arguments and I obviously sympathize and all those things should be true. Yes. But also like the reality is these actors, you know, are doing what they have to do to get out there and work and, you know, climb that ladder. Right. And I, I, I mean, in, in the offshoot of that conversation, all the stuff that went down with Taraji P. Henson yes! this year surrounding uh, the color purple and how like she like is seriously considering giving up acting because she's been in this business for so long. She's and she's not being paid her due and not being, and just like the other stars of the movie, like not getting, not getting the treatment they deserve. And I know there are people out there that are like, well, why do they need a driver? And it's like, 
that it's a liability. Like I I don't understand I don't understand how <laughs> simple things of asking you know to 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 receive the treatment that you deserve yeah. um gets people so riled up right if in Mar- opposition. If Warner Brothers could pay for Margot Robbie to get a driver to set on Barbie, right. Warner, Warner Brothers can pay for Taraji P Henson to get a driver to set. Period. Period. Uh, and um. Yeah, but, but I mean, but it, but it's all a system. It's all a system of inequality. And like, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy that Martin Scorsese made this movie. And I, I think it's a really beautiful film. And like, I, you know, but I, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know, it's, it's so, t- it's like a minefield to, to like, yeah. talk about to like, get the right thing. But um, I, I hopefully, that, be, that being said, I really like the movie a lot. Yeah, I really like the movie too. And hopefully they, with all these things, like, I just want like, how do we build on this? How yeah. do we build on this? Lily Gladstone, icon, so good, wonderful actress, just, like, fucking stunting in front of Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes. So, yeah. And if and if you've not seen the Kelly Reichert film Certain Women, um, which is a triptych of stories, she's in the last story with Kristen Stewart. It's so beautiful. And so, like, I, I fucking love Lily Gladstone, and I'm happy to see her really getting the flowers that she deserves um in november you know now we're getting into like kind of award season obviously with killers of flower moon um we mentioned the marvels boring whatever um wasn't a fan either i saw dream scenario and i was like not even beautiful gowns beautiful thoughts beautiful thoughts (laughs) um but like i don't think it lands what it's trying to land um what else they made another hunger games movie yeah Great. also um late our uh, beginning of october end of september i just want to point out that uh i was once again uh the the editor uh the lead editor for um new york film festival and there was a lot of great movies that came out during that time and unfortunately i didn't get to see a ton but uh, i did get to see may december while it was there which eventually ended up um coming out in november i believe to netflix and just truly loved that movie and could talk about May December for ages. Um, and then I unfortunately also saw Maestro there. Um, ah! and I saw I saw Ferrari there. And um, wait, yeah, uh, Maestro. I will say. So I watched Maestro like last week. The thing is, I think Carrie Mulligan is astounding in that film. <laughs> like I. I, I would I would agree in the back half. I think she's awful in the first half. And I think it comes from the direction. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, I, I guess I certainly do more remember her in the back half. I think her dressing down of um, Maestro. Of, See, of Leonard, I, and I didn't I, Leonard. I I think that part's really good. I thought there's. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna save my what I'm gonna say about that for for a brief moment. I'm just gonna put that on pause for a second. Okay, let's move on from Maestro then. Um, yeah, May December, delicious, slimy, disgusting, great. <laughs> Um, and you know, December, uh, I saw American fiction today. It was fine. It was fine. Um, there's a really good, um, piece written by Kendall Cunningham, who used to work at the Daily Beast, um, about how this movie isn't as smart as it thinks it is. And I was like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Like the movie just doesn't, (laughs) I think there's a lot of movies that really didn't like slap as hard as they needed to with these like big think things. Um, Oh, I saw this. Um, I would argue all of us strangers kind of same deal. Oh, interesting. That played New York Film Festival and I unfortunately didn't get a chance to see it and I've still yet to see it. And I I want to, but 
I think it's a beautiful movie. I think I love all the actors and actors. Jamie Bell. Why don't we put him in more things? Yeah. He, he is so good. He can dance. He's <laughs> handsome. Little, little Billy Elliot. He's all grown up. Um, but unfortunately, I just think the movie in the end is like kind of brutal. Not a lot changes. I don't want to spoil it, but like it it is kind of devastating. So like there are a lot of sniffles and this and that and, and good. Great. Um, but, you know, I don't I walked out being like, huh, after the shock of it, I was like, that movie's not going to stay with me, which but I do love Andrew Scott. Um, he he everyone in that movie is a very good actor. So, um, oh, uh, how could I forget? LOL Saltburn. What the what a moment. Yeah. What, a, what a cultural moment for 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 everyone. Um, Seemingly, right? Um, I feel like you have some thoughts on Saltburn, Gavin. Yeah, that it's bad. <laughs> wow. wow. It's just toothless. It's just toothless. It's not saying any. It's like a it's a it's a movie that is essentially like the, the fable that rich people tell their children to like not befriend poor people because they're all going to come for their money like <laughs> it's so gross i don't know and it's so funny because people are like it's like uh the talented mr ripley it wants what the talented mr ripley has like he at least had a plan like come on you don't think this guy's a plan not really like he, it was he... all so stupid it's not convincing that's what I'm telling you. It seems so stupid. It's very stupid. Well, gag me because I fucking loved it. I thought it was fun. I uh, I was again in one of those movies where I saw it in theaters with a bunch of people. And just like the rush of everyone like guffawing and the rush <laughs> of like everyone just like laughing. And it is a ridiculous movie. What a uh, good soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Yeah. Um, I'm not even like a Jacob Elordi stan person, but like. Teenage Frankenstein's fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, I, I think, um, I don't know if I have a lot of thoughts on Emerald Fennel, Fennel, whatever the fuck, but she can write some fucking good dialogue here and there. Yeah, no, and I, I do think there's some funny stuff. I don't know. I, I also find her, like, the, like, when people are like, oh my god, it's so shocking, and it's like, I don't know, watch a John Waters movie. Like, come on. I don't think it's like, I mean, there is some shocking stuff in there, but it's just like, it's. I think it's shocking because she's operating in such, like, the mainstream. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. And, like, the idea, it is absolutely taboo to be showing a man eating a woman's menstrual blood on camera. And not only just eating it, but, like, thank goodness I'm a vampire. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> she, she fucking, like, put, grabs you by the neck, holds you up against the wall, and then, like, kisses you. Like, it's just, um... The sister, incredible performance. Yeah, um, and and oh, you know, speaking of Carrie Mulligan, I I truly <laughs> like. I walked away from this movie being like, why doesn't like they could easily do like Abfab with yeah. Carrie Mulligan and, and Rosamund um, Pike. Rosamund Pike. I was like, li- I was like, literally, uh, Carrie Mulligan's just doing, um, yeah. you know, Adina Monsoon. Like, I was like, I I think like you know whether you like this movie or not. I think it is a, um, I like that people are able to like dive into it and grab out like, oh, this is dumb or like, oh, this was profound or whatever. There's just a lot to like chew on. Um, yes. And I like that because sometimes you like, like I walked away from all the strangers and I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's it's one thing. This movie seems to be like a lot of things. Um, and I will say after I got out of that theater, I said, I want to go be gay and do crime. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah. It's just slightly bad form, that's all. What's bad form? What do you think? 
Getting with Venetia, Ollie. What makes you think I got with Venetia? Farley saw you too. Just fucking cringe, mate. I mean, really, you're my friend. You're supposed to be here Look, with me. I didn't want to embarrass Venetia. What do you mean? Well, I saw her. I saw her outside, and I went down to see was she okay. And I think she got the wrong end of the stick because she tried to kiss me, and I politely stirred her away. Farley said you two were practically eating each other. Oh, and you believe him? Me and Venetia. <sighs> Come on. You know, there is a couple movies that came out th um, in December that I didn't get to watch that I wish I did, but I, you know, I didn't get around to seeing The Iron Claw. Um, I, yeah. I, I want to see Zac Efron in his um, his little wig. Um, I didn't see all of like the um, foreign films that people are losing their shit about. I want to see Fallen Leaves very badly. I just saw Fallen Leaves. It's great. It's so cute and so adorable. Uh, and, I, and I read somebody's review that was like, this is boring. And it's like, I'm sorry that you can't place yourself in somebody else's experience. Like if you've ever been like, it's a movie about, it's like a beautiful little romance that is so like dryly funny, but also like, it's also about poverty. It's about like, the the constant like threat of war is constantly playing on their radios because they're listening about all the stuff going on in Ukraine and like mm. I don't know it's so deep but also like really just made me fucking laugh so that's amazing um oh I did see Poor Things oh did you I need to see it it's still on my list yeah yeah another movie that I thought this is a, a wrong comparison because I I enjoyed Poor Things but it did give me the same initial gut reaction of um, Asteroid City where I was like, this movie likes itself a lot. Um, <laughs> I, I, See, and I feel that way about Saltburn, so that's, you know... Yeah, fair. I, I just think, like, the thesis of Poor Things is so... Um, uh, simple, right? Like, you woman learning things. Right, uh, right. Um, but, like, at, especially at the beginning, like... I was like, okay, Yorgos, you are really just showing the fuck off. And like, <laughs> it's kookie bookie Tim Burton time in Yorgos Lanthimos town. Um, Emma Stone's great. She's always great. So, you know, there's that. Um, I didn't see Zone of Interest or Anatomy of the Fall, um, which people seem to be raving all about with Miss Sandra Hewler. Yes, I, I have not seen Zone of Interest yet, but I did see Anatomy of the Fall and I thought it was fine. I don't know. I think... There's some directorial choices in it that I'm like, this feels really unmotivated. And I, I, that really like took me out of it. And like, but she is, Sandra Hewler is amazing in it. Like she gives truly one of the best performances of the year in a movie that I thought was fine. So like, I think that's, you know, it's, it's yeah. such a dichotomy sometimes. Last two movies I think we should bring up, um, The Boy and the Heron. Yes. Um, that came out earlier, a couple months ago. Yeah, a couple uh, months ago. Um, I was kind of shocked at how um, soft and quiet the movie was. I was perhaps expecting more big, emotional, magical things happening, but it's not that at all. It's it's literally a movie about how all things end, and you know um, how it's like. It feels like there's it's a, it's one of those movies like with no moral because it's just like it just is what it is. You know, everything falls apart. Everything yeah, go, everything goes away. Um, of course, it's a beautiful movie. It's a Miyazaki film. Um, <laughs> is it my favorite Miyazaki film? No. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've 
I mean, I I unfortunately have not got to see it. That's that's going to be my big refrain this year, I guess. Um, there were a lot of things I really wanted to see. I didn't even make a top ten video like I normally do. Um, who knows what's happening with me? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, but, did, uh, did you see but, the color purple? I didn't. No, and I want to. I do. I saw that with friend of the pod Samantha Stallard, and I really like it. I think all those women of stars. Talk about queer cinema, baby. Like, Suge <laughs> and Celie. I was going to say, is it, like, more, is it oh, less, it, less hidden in this one? Oh, they have a whole song about being in love together. And, like, oh, they actually, Good. like, kiss on the mouth. And, like, she's bathing her. They kiss on the mouth? They kiss on the mouth. <laughs> like adults? <laughs> um, I think the movie is very, very good. But it just suffers I, I'm excited for you to watch it um, and let me know what you do because there's so many like big musical scenes and like the lighting is just so fucking bad. I'm like, these costumes, I think they're really beautiful and I wish I could see them better. Oh we, no. And we were like in the front row and like, I was like, I get that there's not like fucking lights in this like, you know, Southern town in Georgia, right. like inside, but like, I don't give a fuck. This is a musical, babe. Like I'm not here for reality i'm here for like spectacle and that includes lights um but yeah daniel brooks fucking killer star icon incredible she's just a beast um and yeah i love her so much and i want everything for her in this life so there's that um okay that was like our extreme zoom through the year (laughs) of film um should we, Gavin, talk about maybe some of the things we didn't quite like? Things that disappointed us. Okay, I... LOL, I saw um, Faux, um, which oh, was... Yeah. Um, also by, played New York Film Festival. By, mm-hmm. Gar- by Garth <laughs> Davis, starring the Irish girly, Saoirse Ronan, um, and Paul Mescal, who... Maybe he's Irish. I don't fucking know. Yes. Um, yes. Great. I don't know why these two Irish people are making or are in this movie about like the future and they're in America and they're like from the South or whatever. Garth Davis. I believe, who, I, I believe the directors of that ilk as well. Hmm. Garth Davis, who is probably best known for making Lion back in 2016 yes. with um, Nicole Kidman. Um, Lion is a manipulative movie, but it worked on me, bitch. Um, I I like Lion. Oh, Garth Davis is actually from Australia, so I don't know. What's the deal? Um, I just had a lot of like, I was like, oh, I love Saoirse so much. She can do no wrong. But this movie doesn't know what it wants to do, wants to be. Um, And mostly it was kind of as boring. There's like one twist in the middle, but it's not that interesting. You you kind of, it's like, oh, they're replacing humans. I wonder who they've replaced. Like they tell you right up top, but that's what they're doing. Yeah. so yeah, foe to me, uh, I want I wanted so much because I'm a sucker for like emotional sci-fi stuff, um, and and she just was not giving the way I wanted. Yeah, her to be giving. I, that's I've not heard, I've not heard any good things about it. Do you want to live mundane lives, or do you want to be part of something special and unique? You've been selected to live up there. <laughs> okay, well you're wasting your time because. We haven't even been on an airplane. She dated. I should. I should clarify. I'm talking about you here, Junior. Only you. 
some of my biggest disappointments i mean there's there's a lot of the obvious ones there's a lot of the you know the the flash and and the superhero movies that were really bad um i think maybe the one that i was a little surprised that i saw a lot of goodwill towards at the beginning of the year was renfield um the nicholas how nicholas cage yeah, like yeah. dracula comedy um it's not funny it was <laughs> annoying more than anything and um and it's another film of like what does this want to be like does this want to like does this want to be gross out comedy? Does this want to be like a rom-com? Does this want to, and it never like leans in any direction that makes sense. It it also has no style, which is really unfortunate because there's a really great opening sequence where um, they recreate the original Bela Lugosi Dracula Hmm. with Nicholas Hout and, or Holt. Is it Holt? I think it's Holt. Yeah. With Nicholas Holt and Nick Cage. And it's cool and unique, and like I just wish there was more stuff like that in the movie, and it it just never comes back. Um, but yeah, I think that's really my like biggest disappointment, just because I heard so many good things about it, and I was kind of like, huh. You know, um, I think maybe the worst movie I saw this year was a documentary that came out on Max titled Bama Rush. Um, <laughs> that I heard the trailer for that was real misleading. It's just. As a journalist, watching this, I'm like, oh, you didn't have it. You didn't have a story, but you had sold the idea and you had to fill time. Like, I I, I can smell a stunt, girly. Yeah. Um, this is not about the rush process. She had to fill time with, like, weird stories. It's not weird. She, she tried to conflate the story of, like, these young women who have gone through all this like really horrible, you know, traumas and are trying to find family and trying to find friends in the rush process with her alopecia. Um, Interesting. She, I, I always like, I'm not the biggest fan of like when the filmmakers make themselves a story. And yeah, especially when it's like halfway through this movie, it just like comes to a screeching halt because the media gets a hold of like that they're making this movie and some girls drop out and um, the university is like, get the fuck out of here. Like, you know, and, and I get it. That fucking sucks. But guess what? You don't have a movie anymore. Yeah. And and trying to sell it to us as, you know, this thing, it's, 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 it's disingenuous. It's so shocking too, because there's so many movies that don't get made every year or get shelved and like, yeah, to 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 hear about a film that like clearly loses its own story midway through and yet still got put out and funded and yeah I could I could see hating that it's as if like Max was like well we wrote the check I guess yeah <laughs> um if I had to pick a film that I that I disliked the most um it would have to be uh the Netflix original Christopher Landon directed We Have a Ghost. Um, which was a film with Anthony Mackie and David Harbour. And it's about a ghost haunting a house. And it's, first of all, this was a 127 minute movie. So it was over two hours for this stupid premise. And on top of that, I, I, I know everybody was really excited about Christopher Landon doing Scream 7 before he backed out. And like, listen, I like Happy Death Day. I think Happy Death Day to You is fine. And and I like 
freaky. Freaky was fun. Freaky's but fun. This, but this was awful. This was boring and um, had the most like uh, tonality swings out of any movie that I saw like um, and, and was an, just annoying. And I think David Harbour is giving maybe a career worst performance. And I know Ooh. everybody loves him because of stranger things, but like he has to do this thing cause he can't talk cause you can't hear ghosts. And so he's basically like Buster Keaton, silly facing his way through the movie. And it, yeah, it's awful. And it's so long. And I feel bad cause like Tignataro's in it. And I've, love Tignataro and they trick us into believing Jennifer Coolidge is in this movie when she's in the movie for like seven minutes altogether like huh. yeah it's it's bad okay it's, do not waste your precious Netflix time on that all right there's that um okay let's get into our beautiful gowns award okay great uh, great gowns beautiful gowns so for everybody who knows every year we during our recap, we do a beautiful gowns award named after the late, great Aretha Franklin. When asked what she thought about Taylor Swift, she replied, beautiful, beautiful gowns. gowns, beautiful gowns. Um, and so we love to give a beautiful gowns award, which is kind of a film that like is all style, no substance, let's say. Uh, and, and just like looks fine. Didn't do it for us. Yes, there's not um, a lot underneath the beautiful gowns it's just... beautiful gowns beautiful gowns i already brought up my beautiful gowns movie it's maestro um i think maestro is a fine looking film i think certainly bradley cooper came in with a point of view um with what he wanted to do with the movie you know it has you know it's you know the, the looks 10 dance three like it just doesn't <laughs> carry any of it through like it you know it, it there was this meme going around that was like, um, you know, like this is actual dialogue from Maestro, and it's like him being like, "Darling, why is six afraid of seven? And I'd be like, oh, "I couldn't possibly know. I've never met six before in my life." <laughs> and like, "Oh, but darling, seven, eight, nine. Oh, oh dear, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that." Like, and that's that's, that's very the much the vibe, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, also, uh, you know, Leonard Ooh. Bernstein's life is so interesting and and he did so many great things for music and i'm not even saying that as like a leonard bernstein scholar like i have a very basic knowledge of the stuff that he did he was more than being gay and that's all this movie this movie thinks the only thing that mattered about leonard bernstein's life was that he's gay and i think it's so funny that we we are a queer podcast we talk about queer stuff all the time but my god there was more to this man's life than who he wanted to fuck yeah, and it, it feels like Bradley was very glommed on to the fact like this genius who had to hide himself and hide his truth. And what- which is so funny because he barely does. Yeah. And and the the point I'm I'm gonna take the pin out from earlier, the point I was gonna make earlier, the scene where she dresses him down. I saw this at a press screening, um, as part of the New York Film Festival, and during that scene it comes to a head and she's like, you're going to die a bitter old queen. And there's a big pause and the audience fucking died. And I've never felt so uncomfortable being in a room full of like mostly straight critics who think it's so funny to hear Carrie Mulligan call Bradley Cooper a bitter old queen. And I was just like, yeah, we, we didn't need the pause guys. Like, it, like we didn't need to, because it feels like 
it's like she's justified and yeah i was i was really turned off by the movie but i will say like some fun little dance numbers towards the beginning and some great overhead shots and like i you know the black and white looked really good they lit the black and white really well and so i i just think for me it's beautiful gowns i come on the movie less hard um I think the pause is great. Not to laugh, but just to be like, <laughs> I mean, like, and then the Snoopy balloon goes by. Well, the see, and the Snoopy balloon is funny. So me, it's to me, it's like a, just a miscalculation of like, a, like the timings off. Like if, if the pause wasn't there and it just went right into the Snoopy, but the, the pause like gives it a different meaning. It like colors the meaning of it for me. I think for me, it's, the meaning I got was that, like, never before, at least what we were told in the movie, has she shamed him for his queerness. And this is the first time she's actually, like, making fun of him for his proclivities. <laughs> because, you know, and she says, like, for a lot of their relationship, she has accepted that he is going to have sex with men. And, like, it's okay. And and then it's, and then it's, it's not, you know? like it, Right, right. Um yeah, I ladies think, and their sensitivities. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just think also uh, beyond that scene, I, I just think the scene where um, she's having lunch with Sarah Silverman. I think yeah, that fucking scene, devastating. Where she's talking about you know how life is not good, and maybe she was the one lying all along. It wasn't Leonard who was lying; it was her who was lying that that she was okay. I will say this: that scene is very unfair to Silver- Sarah Silverman, and by that I mean. You can't put an actress of uh, Carrie Mulligan's ca- Carrie Mulligan's caliber in a scene with Sarah Silverman because then it's just like, oh no, she's bad. <laughs> like I just think Carrie Mulligan, Carrie Mulligan, just ugh, yeah, is, great is kind of astounding in the film. Seems I'm attracted to a certain type. Listen, mm. I, you know Lenny loves you. He really does. He's just a man. A horribly aging man who cannot just be wholly one thing. He's, he's uh, lost. I've always known who he is. He called me, you know. And? He wants us all to go to Fairfield together for two weeks. He sounded different. Felicia. No, I... I Let's not make excuses. He didn't fail me. It's Felicia. No, it's... It's my own arrogance. To think I could survive on what he could give. Clearly, Carrie is stunting all over him. Like, for all of his, like, pompousness, yeah. she is stunting all over him. And at the very least, he had the sense to be like, oh, she is actually what really is fucking killing all this. So he made space for her, and I appreciate that. Um, is it the best movie? No. But I, I do, you know, I'm glad, I guess, people can maybe, from again, build upon. Someone was like, why is he making this movie about this queer person? Um, at the very least, he did fill it with queer people. Um, so yeah. that's, that's good. Um, I always love seeing Michael Urie on, st- on the screen. So yeah. God, God bless. Um, oh, it, it, it did also have a little bit of the walk hard problem. It wasn't as bad as something like Mank, but like a little bit of the like, you introduce a historical character and they're like, you know, like, oh, that over there is Jerome Robinson, yeah. a choreographer. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. okay. Like, okay. Um, 
Yeah, I was going to try and, like, be clever, but I guess I got, sm- like, um, smeagled into, like, already talking about it. But I would say my Beautiful Gowns movie is All of Us Strangers. Um, <laughs> I, the more I talk about it, it's the more I'm just like, this, something doesn't seem right. Um, it's, it's, it, it is a very sad movie, but. And everyone is very beautiful. But the idea, I don't think this is a spoiler, but like the idea that like you can be a sad person living by yourself in London doing nothing because he's a writer who can't write. Um, this is a very like privileged thing. Um, and he for months is just visiting his parents doing nothing. Um, and I think in the end, after the shock of, of some of the revelations you're just like left with nothing you're left with really nothing and and that sucks it's like it's kind of like a gen x gay wish fulfillment porn (laughs) trauma porn i guess um and i don't think i don't think it's a spoiler to say because it's in the trailers this is a man who is going to go visit he's going in to visit his parents who are dead um they they are his age yeah uh, that's that's in the trailer that's in the trailer and and he basically spends you know months going to visit them and they are wonderful and there are some absolutely stunning scenes but it's just because these actors are so good um in the end it's kind of like he doesn't really change that much i i left thinking like what did he learn and then i thought wait what did i learn and it was just kind of like nothing um (laughs) just that they are beautiful people um and it's a there's a lot of like lingering uh, andrew high who you know loves making sad gay shit weekend looking um is he okay i don't know what happened to him (laughs) in his life um we truly may never know but for that and more that is my um my beautiful gowns award pick okay um Okay, how about I come in anyway? If not for a drink, then for whatever else you might want. Um, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> Don't scare you. No. We don't have to do anything if I'm not your type. This vampires are my dog. Please, everyone, go see it because I want to discourse more about it. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I, I, there's a lot there that I'm just like, huh, huh, what? <laughs> um, but anyway, Gavin, let's talk about like the movies that we live, laugh, loved of the of the year. I have, um, it was funny, I was looking at, like, these four movies that I really loved. They are all made by women! Oh, that's amazing! Um, and I haven't brought them, I I purposely didn't bring them up yet. Um, but I'm just gonna, like, rapid fire go through these and and then we can swap off. First one, we need to talk about Rylane. Yeah. Um, Rylane, directed by Rain Allen Miller. This is her... I'm so glad you liked that because a film critic I really respect thought it was um, annoying. And I was like, 
I liked it. I feel like, you know, I could, I don't know who this person is, but I can imagine someone watching this movie and being like annoyed because it's, it's a very young movie. It's about, yeah. it's about young people. It's very flashy, a lot of style. This is a movie. It, it almost has like a, and I don't mean this as a negative because I, I really liked it, but it almost has like a, like a sketch comedy vibe to it. Like yeah. the, like the way some of the scenes like interplay with like, they almost feel like it then like cuts to a sketch um and but like not a negative way not in like a like family guy where somebody mentions something and then it cuts away to something else like it i i thought it was really well crafted yeah what yeah, I'm no, getting at. I, yeah i think rain has a really strong point of view and a, a lot of those like things that you mentioned it feels purposeful and like surgical even i think the actors are so good um who is it uh david johnson johnson and vivian opara vivian who got nominated for a bafta like a surprise lead actress um nomination um i it's just like a fun stylish kind of sexy um young people movie that like didn't feel pandering at all um it's fun rom-coms fuck off yeah like it's it's great (laughs) um Another movie uh, that I really loved is The Persian Version, um, written by Mariam Keshavars. Um, are you familiar? I didn't, I, I didn't see it. I did want to see it. Um, I will say the trailer gave me very big fat Greek wedding vibes for good or for bad. That's It's so interesting. And the, I think it's a little bit misleading because this movie is very deeply layered and complicated and complex. Um, on the surface, it is about a woman who, um, she is a lesbian and has this big family of like eight brothers, um, and her parents who emigrated to New York from Iran. Um, she feels like the black sheep because she is a lesbian. Um, she goes through a breakup with her fiance. She's a filmmaker, um, and so on the surface, it's about her. She gets pregnant by a man dressed as Hedwig at a party. Hedwig from Hedwig and the Angry Inch. I figured I figured you did not mean the the owl from that book by that transphobe. Correct. Um, and so kind of like drama of like, oh, her talking to her family. I'm actually pregnant, but I'm still a lesbian. LOL. Antics. Um, the movie then kind of shifts into like her exploring her mother and like her life back in Iran. There's an extended scene, like flashback of... Um, them speaking in Farsi in Iran, that is just devastating. The trials of, I mean, it's just an exploration of like what the immigrant experience. Um, again, another movie with a bunch of style, point of view, bright colors, dance sequences, um, a ton of fun, but also just like devastating. Um, so that's the Persian version. My documentary, Honey, in my batch, um, this movie fucking destroyed me. Um, the Eternal Memory, um, directed by Maite Alberti. Um, it comes from Chile, and it you can watch it on um, Paramount, Paramount Plus. Plus, yeah, yeah, I, I, Paramount Plus. Um, and by the way, Rye Lane is on Hulu. Um, Eternal Memory is literally a, a, a documentary about um, this man who is slowly, um, you know, losing his his memory. He has dementia. Yeah. Um, and it's just a I wrote in my letterbox LOL sometimes movies just like feel like gifts and like what a gift to like to be a storyteller and to tell a story of someone and like I just kept thinking about there's a lot of difficult scenes in this where um this woman's husband is so confused and so yeah. upset 
and it just lingers and and this woman like the next day she's trying to like say like you know all last night you were up and you were scared and she's crying and he's like no my darling no i love you i would never leave i would never do that to you and she's like but you did but you did right and he's like never again never again and it's just like so devastating and heartbreaking it's a beautiful movie it interlinks a lot of uh, he's a journalist, a, a quite famous journalist, um, who you know covered a bunch of horrible things um, that the dictatorships and and different regimes of Chile were doing. Um, and it's, I just kept thinking about you know obviously nothing lasts forever, um, but now this movie is the eternal memory of you know this man's life and his work and just like how special that is. Um, just <laughs> gorgeous, devastating funny also you know this man has is full of life and spirit um and so is this woman his wife um yeah very special movie um i i really liked it my one complaint and it's an impossible complaint like it's there's nothing they could have done um is that it's truly a movie i think that had covid not happen would have been even better yeah because i think the first half of the movie has a lot of interesting things to say about the idea of like her trying to maintain normal life, like bringing him to her rehearsals because she's an actress and, and then also like what it means to like lose those memories of horrible things because like he talks in the movie about a friend of his who was murdered in front of him yeah, uh, during, you know, uh, protests and, and uprisings. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, if you could get rid of that memory, like, would you want to but also if you do does that make you who you are and unfortunately midway through the movie covid happens and it just becomes a movie about this woman isolated with him and and i i found the first half much more interesting uh did i cry fuck yeah i did but but i i wanted more of that in the second half i wanted more of that intellectual discussion um but once again not t- a terrible complaint it's still a very beautiful movie yeah it feels like in a certain way though like that second half it mirrors like he's getting worse and like the yeah the horrors of this disease are just like you know continue and and, and it is hor- horrific to like and like not not to take away from his story but it's horrific for her to be trapped there with him like yeah. it's you know it's a scary thing yeah it's just so beautiful though like you can tell that they like love oh each they other love each other so yes. much um it's so cute all the like interactions are just like so darling um yeah that's on paramount plus go watch the movie that like astounded me the most um gooped me gathered me got me all together um is av rockwell's a thousand and one um it's great movie just really fantastic movie again devastating i think tiana taylor talk about fucking stars like she is just a star she is just um someone who has that presence um there's so much desperation in this woman's life um the character she's playing um and and tiana just really has all of it um this movie is about a woman who is getting out of prison and she wants to find her son that she has left behind um she finds him in a hospital and decides to take him and just, you know, she essentially kidnaps him because he's in the system. He's in the foster care system. And so she has 
abducted him and literally the movie is about just them trying to survive she's trying to get her life back on track um she has to forge documents you know um she is just struggling and but the movie is also about gentrification and um just it it's such a brilliant choice in the film to tell you how time is passing by using inauguration speeches by different new york city mayors yeah and and just the fact that fucking uh what's his face bloomberg like came in using a tony morrison quote like fuck him yeah fuck him there's just a lot here this woman who is the, the cards are stacked against her in every possible scenario and she is working so hard um for to build this life for her son um her husband like her the 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 father of the child um lucky is in and out of their lives um it's just such a beautifully rendered uh story about these three humans and their lives together and um no spoilers but the very ending there's a line that just fucking ripped my heart out um they are again going through troubles um her son terry is now a young man he's in high school um and she says i won because 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 look at you look what, what are you doing i already won i i won because i know you and I just lost it, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, there is no one that is bad in this movie. The The father, Terry's father, Lucky, he comes and goes, but like the movie is so caring towards all these people who have had horrible things happen to them. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's astounding. Again, what a gift of a movie um, to be able to tell a story of, of these people three people um, who just want love and who just are doing their best in these horrible circumstances. Right. And in in the system that keeps fucking them. Yeah. Yeah. And like the movie ends in a very, you know, up in the air type of way. Um, But it's satisfying. It doesn't feel like. Yeah. It's It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a closed ending, even though it is like an open end. Like it's not, it's a narrative narratively close. Like if the movie yeah. ended at any other place, it wouldn't have, you wouldn't feel it. It just sticks to landing. And so for such a complicated thing, it's not, it's never like pandering. It's never like, you know, on the nose about too much. This was, you know, there is um, something that happens in the third act that I absolutely did not see coming at all. Um, that, and it, but it feels earned. It feels correct. There's again, there are no villains, People may be making bad choices, but like the love between all of them is just Teflon. You know, uh, I I was astounded um, by this film. And again, A.B. Rockwell, this is, I think, her, her directorial debut. Um, yeah, her feature debut. Um, so I had two black women directorial debuts, um, Persian version. Um, I think this is her second feature, um, an Iranian filmmaker. And then Eternal Memory, documentary from Chile. Just astounding, like, what we were gifted this year in, like, the diversity of filmmaking. You used to like when I got spicy. Try and be quiet. 
you should try and be quiet. Right? Quiet like when you were missing for weeks and I sat here and said nothing. And never mind who you was with. See, Dave. If I get any more quieter, I won't even have a f***ing voice at all. Look, I'm not about to sit here and argue with you. That's real easy for you to say because you get to be the saint, right? You get to be the saint while I'm stuck here fighting these wars all See, by myself. What? What the f***ing show up for me, like? Show up for me! And all that being said, like, I think Killer of the Flower Moon is an amazing film. I think, like, all of the big, the big, some of the big oscar baby things, I'm like, yeah. That kind of slaps too, so good. But um, yeah, those are like my four that I wanted to bring up. Great, all good choices, truly. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna speed through mine too, I guess, real quick because I f- I feel like we're running uh, a little long. But um, uh, in my number four position, uh, Monster. It's the latest film by uh, Corieta. It's a beautiful. It's a queer film, um, kind of. Uh, I mean, it is, but it, I don't. I feel like is that a spoiler? Is it not a spoiler? Uh, beautiful film. It's told in, in a triptych style. Uh, it's one story and you see it from multiple different angles. Um, it's devastatingly sad. You know, it has um, some really beautiful moments in it. I mean, the the there's a gorgeous, gorgeous quote um, in the movie. Uh, and I want to get it right, which is, uh, if only some people can have it, that's not happiness. That's just nonsense. Happiness is something anyone can have. And I and I think that's absolutely true. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful movie. I was erect by the end of it. Like erect? Um, no, wrecked. Oh. Wrecked. Like crying. <laughs> it's got children in it, Louis. Um, the uh yeah, it's it, it just really and the the woman who plays the mother in it is just an absolutely fantastic actor who is also in Godzilla minus one um, this year, which I've not seen yet, but I do plan on going to go see the black and white version, um, which is coming to theaters soon, I believe. Um, yeah. Her, her, her name is uh, Sakura Ando and she's so good. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Great movie. Seek it out if you can. Um, my, in my number three position, um, is Godland. It's an Icelandic film. Um, it's on Criterion. If you want to go see that, it's a movie about colonialism. It's a, a movie uh, about um, all the like wild, like ethnographic uh, documentaries people used to make in the in the turn of the century. That sort of, and and just the idea of like, can you know who belongs to what land and like who deserves that land and like what is the right way to live and what's, you know, it brings up all these like really esoteric questions, but it's like this gorgeously, very formalistically shot movie as well too. I've seen some people say, Oh, it's difficult to get through. Like, I don't know that the stuff like that doesn't bother me. Like is, is if I'm, if I'm into it, if it's engaging me and it's making me think, uh, I think it's really brilliant. Um, in my number two spot, I actually have a tie. I rarely do this. Um, but the aforementioned Killers of the Flower Moon um, tied with the documentary Lakota Nation versus the United States. Um, I think they're both of the similar ilk. Um, we sort of mentioned before Killers of the Flower Moon 
is uh, about horrible white people in Oklahoma stealing land from the indigenous people there um, so they can have both their money and their oil at, by literally killing them, marrying them and killing them. Um, Lakota Nation versus the United States is uh, a film directed by Laura Tomaselli and Jesse Shortbull. And it's um, both about poetry, but also the broken treaty of the United States for claiming the Black Hills and how the Lakota people have been trying for years and years to get that land back and have literally been offered um, millions of dollars to let go of the of their claim on the land um, through lawsuits, through like settlements and everything and just refuse and are like, no, like it's it's literally not about money. Like this is our land. We are the people of this land. Um, and just a, a beautiful, beautiful companion pieces together, um, but also like beautiful separate movies on their own. I I don't know what Lakota Nation versus the United States is currently streaming on i think you can rent it um from amazon or apple uh obviously killers of flower moon is on apple currently and then my number one film of the year is may december um yeah just so sticky and icky and gross and complicated and about people and just like the truth and is there anything such as the truth and you know i I can tell you exactly why it's not getting nominated for things because people, actors don't like having the light shined back into their face about, you know, what they're like. And uh, May December is a movie about Natalie Portman playing an actress who is going to go uh, essentially spend time with um, Julianne Moore, who is this very Mary Kay Letourneau-like woman, she is not actually Mary Kay Letourneau, and everybody needs to have a little better media lit- literacy, um, of this woman who raped a, a 12-year-old boy, was sent to prison, and then when she got out of prison, they married and had kids together. And he's now getting to experience um, essentially empty nest syndrome at the ripe old age of 30 because his kids are graduating college. And it's so prickly and so thorny and so fucking funny and like if you can't laugh at this movie there's something wrong with it. like i i saw it at the new york film festival premiere and people were howling because it is there are things in the script there are things in the that are so funny and i don't understand how some people are like it's disgusting how could you laugh at that okay it's it's ridiculous it yeah. is the the music choices alone are yeah. so fucking crazy. Um, yeah, I I think it's I think it's very very um, telling that Natalie Portman, who is shitting on everybody in this movie, yeah, is not in conversation for awards because she because she is shitting on everyone in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, if I if we were to redo our Natalie Portman episode. Uh, this would be my five-star review for Natalie Portman. I think she's amazing. And the fact that she received this script and was like, we should get Todd Haynes to direct it. Like, yeah. like she clearly saw it all. She had the vision for it. And yeah, it's, yeah. Sh- she's doing like masterclass, like level 1 million, like acting here. Her choices are like, insane level god level like i just it's like every little tick and move her accent she's like doing accent work as the woman at like it's yeah. just 
levels and layers. Um, and, yeah. And like the, the psychology of the movie is so, you know, I mean, it's so dark and so deep. I mean, there's the, you know, the scene where Julianne Moore freaks out because a woman no longer wants to buy cakes from her. And then just the like cut to her, like her husband eating the world's largest slice of cake to like appease her in the kitchen after she's calmed down. And like, it's so tawdry and sick, but like, I don't know. Aren't we, aren't we all like, that's the worst bit is it's so human and gross. Well, yeah. Like the idea that like Natalie Portman's trying to get to the truth. She's trying to get right. to the truth of the thing, but like, how do you get to the truth of someone whose life is a lie? <laughs> you know? Right. Like, and, and like, there just is no truth for, a, for a lot of people. Like you just can't. Right. Like, there, there is no truth. I mean, like, I mean, Charles Melton's scene where he's like trying to have a conversation with Julianne Moore about like, what if I was too young and yeah. she, it's like gaslighter denier all over the place. And, but she, she has no truth to herself. There is no, you know, and even in the end where she's like, you thought you got me, bitch, but yeah, like everyone's trying to one up each other with their facades. They're a very beloved part of this community. I can see that. So what is it? you love most about Gracie. She always knows what she wants. She's unapologetic. Just a really fascinating peek into the darkest recesses of all of our psyches. And uh, it's funny, Dan was even stronger on it. Dan was like, this is movie is why the world no longer needs to die for. And I was like, I like the movie to die for. But I do think I, it is funny. We we both just guessed it on fellow Glitterjaw podcasts. Uh are you my mother to talk about serial mom? And I just, my brain was like, Oh, May, December and serial mom would make a really good double feature because I do think they're playing in the same playground, even though I think serial mom is like camp. Yeah. And I think, I, I think May, December is a really funny movie that it isn't really camp because it's not like a heightened reality. It's right. not, you know, like everybody's playing it and there's really funny stuff in it. But like, I think, the unfair comparisons of because I when May December first played Toronto, everybody's like, "Oh, it's camp," and it's like, if Todd Haynes wasn't a gay man, would you be saying that? I think yeah. you're just saying that because he's gay. Yeah. Um. So like, I, I, but I do think that they're like kind of two sides of the same coin, and would be really interesting. But yeah, I I no movie delighted me or made me think or like made like made me as gagged as may december this year oh look at us just a bunch of girlies talking about our little <laughs> movies um yeah i love that i love that list of movies um i love may december um i think overall it was a very good year for movies oh it absolutely was yeah and uh, like you know i don't think every year is an amazing year for movies i think a lot of years are very good years for movies but this i thought I don't know. I had a great time. I had a great time at the movies this year. Same. And like, there's bad stuff, of course, in there. Like, LOL, they made another Transformers movie. Remember that? Um, but, you know. That's a lie. That's <laughs> Check that, the facts. That can't, that can't be true. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, for all of the, uh, you know, Saw 10s and Super Mario Brothers movies and like, you know, IP stuff going on, which whatever, pay bills, I guess. The amount of like other stuff we got, creative stuff, small stuff, um, stuff that we wouldn't normally have access to. It's just 
this is lovely. It's just very lovely. And no matter yeah. what. And so, yeah, I'm going to say again, this was, you know, the year of queer filmmaking. Um, we didn't <laughs> mention, you know, not a, a perfect movie, but like Rustin also happened. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just like a lot. Kokomo City. Uh, Kokomo City. Yeah. Great, great documentary. Like. That's, that's and, and like kind of a throwback kind of felt like my favorite thing about Kokomo City was like feel, watching it and feeling like I was watching something at like 2 a.m. on HBO. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Um, also, we didn't we, we mentioned passages, but I just want to bring it up again. Bisexual chaos, Gavin. Bisexual chaos. You might uh, my and I love passages. So this is no slight. In fact, passages is maybe my fifth favorite film of the year. But passages is li- literally like like. You know what? It's okay that some people are bad. <laughs> some people are bad people. You just gotta accept it. <laughs> I was I was gooped and gagged by him being like, or no, the revelation at the end. I was like, ah, yeah, a lot going on in that movie. Um, Gavin's people are just devious characters, and that's just what that is. <laughs> it's uh, true. Shapeshifters. Yes, shape- all of them. Um, but I guess that wraps up our year in review. Yeah, I think I think that brings us to a really good natural place. Um, but I think that the other thing that we sort of thrive on on this show, and you know, truly, this is your opportunity. Uh, we want to hear from you. We want to be able to find out what was your favorite film of the year, or if you disagree with us. I'm sure some people think my take on Saltburn is gross. To which I say, I don't care. But uh, <laughs> you can you can always find us. Uh, uh, on Twitter at at the mixed reviews. You can find us on Facebook. Just type in the mixed reviews. If you want to write us something a little longer, like an email, you can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at the underscore mixed underscore reviews. And if you want to listen to our back catalog, like you just listened to this episode, we are on a plethora of podcast apps Apple, Spotify, Google, Audible, Amazon anyone and go there leave us a five-star rating write us a little review we'll read it on the show like we did at the beginning of this episode you can also join us on patreon where we have exclusive bonus content we will have bonus content this year i swear to god and uh and also extended episodes video episodes all these things and we, we do them as a labor of love for you yeah and if you come to new york we will give you a kiss <laughs> i will give you a kiss fine i was uh, gonna say i might have a cold that day but <laughs> Don't 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 talk about your bisexual chaos magic and then not <laughs> and then not give out kisses freely, Gavin. I ch- I charge a quarter. Ooh. That's all I'm saying. Um, but <laughs> I yeah. I need that that Reese's peanut butter cup. I need it. Okay. Uh, but thank you guys. Uh, we will be back next month with a brand new episode. We will see you then next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Watch me dance. Dancing.